on this episode of Edge of the Web. Don't just think in your industry, think outside the box. So I think that's one of the things that people kind of miss mm. is they're only looking in their industry. They're not thinking in ways that they can use their knowledge and expertise to help other business owners, you know, that aren't direct in their industry. Your weekly digital marketing trends with industry trend-setting guests. You're listening and watching Edge of the Web. Winners of Best Podcast from the Content Marketing Institute for 2017. Here at see more at edgeofthewebradio.com. Now, alongside Tom Broadbeck, here's your host, Aaron Sparks. Welcome back, Edge fans. Uh, thanks for watching the show and thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, we're broadcasting from Edge Media Studios located in downtown Indianapolis, Indiana. Uh, and every week we bring you the latest trends in digital marketing and marketing influencers from around the planet. Uh, we're blessed to be able to have some great thought leaders that we can talk to in all the different spaces of digital marketing. So you can check out all the shows over at edgeofthewebradio.com. That's Edge of the Web radio.com. We're powered by Site Strategics, your digital marketing pioneers that are specializing in the agile marketing, agile digital marketing uh, methodology. So if you want to know what that is, go check us out at site, S-I-T-E, strategics.com. And you can find out all of that. You can even schedule up maybe a, conf- a call. Uh, we can certainly have a nice uh, Zoom uh, conference call to be able to, to, to unpack some of the things that we can do for you and your firm. Uh, I'm your host, Aaron Sparks. Uh, I'm the CEO of Site Strategics and Edge Media Studios. And in the producer's booth today, we've got Tom Broadbeck, who's the director of digital media, sir. You, 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 click to, uh, didn't <laughs> click the right buttons. There we go. Hi, how's it going? Oh, it's good. Tom, how are you doing today, sir? Good, good, good. Been a bit busy, busy day today, busy hasn't it? Busy day, but we're working through it. Yes, sir. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I want to tell our audience why we do what we do. Um, it's it's really, if you haven't heard before, um, and we certainly appreciate all the new listeners, uh, the fact of the matter is that we have been doing this for over six years, this show, uh, kind of unpacking and demystifying digital media tactics digital marketing tactics, uh, to make sure that our audience knows how to do certain things and what things are really going to be able to provide the best value for your marketing dollar. So over the course of years, we've talked about SEO, social media, search engine marketing, conversion rate optimization, video optimization, uh, email marketing, and all manners of news. Each and every every show, we bring some great topical news to, to the equation. And we do that not only for education, but we also do that so we can keep our powder dry and make sure that we know uh, what's what's trending so we can use these best practices for our own digital marketing uh, agency. So that's why we do what we do. And I want to introduce to you a special guest on this special episode of Edge of the Web, Sherry Bonnelly, the founder and CEO of Early Bird Digital Marketing. Sherry, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you? We're good. We're good. I'm loaded with caffeine, though. <laughs> awesome. Which is... It's unheard of for me, right, guys? <laughs> uh, Sherry, where are you hailing from? I am in the lovely city of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Oh, that is awesome. That's yep. awesome. So Sherry, Sherry and I have a, a, a kind of an interesting story as we've been uh, kind of bantering back and forth online and, and really kind of unpacking the concept of podcasting and SEO. And we really wanted to kind of come around and create a new show just talking about that. So it's kind of like uh, you, you put it out into the universe and it comes back, right? 
called The Secret. <laughs> yes, it is. We willed this show into existence. <laughs> well, uh, first and foremost, uh, let's uh, see if we can uh, unpack a little bit of digital marketing news. What do you think, Sherry? That would be great. I All right. Well, let's take you through the latest digital marketing. I was very excited to start my reportings. This week's trending topics. Uh, you know, we're never bereft of topics, and we actually have three edge of the webs this week. So uh, we're we're kind of we're, we're carving out a lot of no, new news items uh, for us. And the uh, first one comes from Tom Anthony over at Moz. Uh, Google confirms Chrome usage data used to measure site speed. So Tom, uh, tell us what Tom's talking about over at uh, over at Moz. Oh, sorry. You- so I, many never, I never click. mute myself. Why so the many, <laughs> so many buttons to click? Uh, so this is a, just a little article I also wanted to point out here from Moz, mm-hmm. um, talking about how Google uh, measures page speed. Uh, so at uh, SMX Munich in March, uh, John Mueller, uh, guest of the show, mm-hmm. uh, gave a presentation, and uh, here's the short version of it: is that Google is now using performance data aggregated from Chrome users who've opted in as a data point in the evaluation of site speed. And as a signal with regards to rankings, this is a positive move in his opinion, mm-hmm. as it means they don't need to treat optimizing site speed for Google as a separate task from optimizing for users. So essentially, focus on page speed, focus on the users, mm-hmm. uh, and not worry about a uh, Google bot trying to re- render page speed. Oh, I see. So there's so. some great uh, how we kind of got to that. Um, kind of explains the this chart here in Webmaster Tools, mm-hmm. and uh, just kind of explains how it got there. There's a nice answer here from John Mueller. Uh, ask, answering that question, and he said, uh, it's technically not downloading the page, but rather receiving data in response to requesting a URL. It's not based on rendering the page and includes all the requests made, which essentially uh, talking about the uh, um, Webmaster Tools chart there. Mm-hmm. So that, this is the average request for all the days. And so then it kind of just goes on from there and talks about the Googlebot web, web rendering service. <clears throat> And Got then it. a little bit further down, they talk about the Chrome user experience report is what uh, the Google uses, the Google, the Google bot, or right, what right, Google right. uses to measure the page speed of your site. So uh, for those users that didn't realize what's happening here is that Google Chrome is absolutely a data analysis tool from Google. And now what you're seeing here is it's not only understanding the user experience, so I mean, all things being equal, especially in the in the in the topic du jour regarding uh, data privacy and data collection, right? We know that Google's collecting huge amounts of data, much more than Facebook ever could. I I would I would assert could ever could ever do, uh, because you're using the Chrome in, in environment. You're also using the search environment. Uh, it's polling data and is measuring your user experience as well as the site speed. And you better believe it's measuring your interactivity with with websites to be able to get a good picture of any site on the, on, on the line. <laughs> what do you think, Sherry? Yeah, absolutely. I will tell you that as an SEO professional and also working closely with web developers, this is a big, huge relief because every time I run that Google site speed test with a client site, mm-hmm. I have a heart attack, you know, yep. nobody passes that test. Yep. And so to know that that's not the main reason or um, measurement is an amazing relief for most of us. Yep. Um, So to me, this is a great thing. This is awesome. 
and it's not siloed in site speed. You know they're marrying site speed to usability and usability. Ut utility of the site. So Absolutely. design is so important where it was not just remanded to how fast your site is. There's a, there's a combo event here that's happening. Yeah, and I mean, site speed is still important because more people search on their mobile device than on their computers. Mm -hmm. So site speed still is important. But when you look at all the little details about everything that Google wants you to do in order to meet that criteria, yep. it's a big, huge relief to know that you don't have to go through all those checklists, that there's more factors considered. Very good. No, that's 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 great observation there. Uh, another article from TechCrunch from Sarah Perez: uh, Shorter, skippable ads will be coming to a YouTube near you. So uh, Sarah writes: YouTube uh, today is introducing a new way for advertisers to maximize reach from their shorter ads. The change arrives around two years after YouTube's introduction to this of the six-second bumper, which the company uh, says advertisers have learned how the best user way to raise brand awareness. Despite having only a few seconds to tell their story, now advertisers will have the benefit of building bumper-like or longer ads to gain a broader reach while still allowing the ads to be skipped after five seconds, like all true view ads. So, uh, Sherry, uh, your experience in YouTube and YouTube advertising, um, how do you think this this uh, this additional delivery of uh, a longer form uh, is going to be received by the audience? Well, I think, first of all, it's good for the advertisers because mm -hmm. – Definitely um, in, in what's going on with Facebook right now, there's a lot of advertisers that are realizing that they can't put all of their ad dollars in one medium. They have to start thinking about other ways in order to spend their ad dollars. And a lot of them are starting to use YouTube as a form of advertisement mm -hmm. and you can do it effectively. Also, I think it's great because YouTube is giving them more options in what selections they can choose. So they don't have to pick the long form. They don't have to pick the short form. There is now this kind of middle opportunity for them mm -hmm. when they're doing their video ads. And it's also good for YouTube because they have to figure out how to be competitive in this market. And, you know, with all the streaming services that are out there, they still need to find a way to make advertisers part of that. So I think overall it's a win-win. No, and and you're absolutely right. And the skippable functionality that uh, uh, we've all appreciated, um, uh, just being able to speed that up, uh, it's it's they're sensitive to the user experience if you're not using red, and mm -hmm. and they right. they really had to realize that they. They, uh, they they forced a lot of us, uh, the, 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 the YouTube community, into a bit of a disconcerting scenario right. of all yeah. of the ad space that they're shoving on us. So it gives a good deal of uh, uh, lessening the pain threshold. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Excellent. Definitely. All right. For la last article from Matt Southern over at Search Engine Journal. Uh, Google's Chrome's. Google Chrome's article suggestion now fourth greatest source of referral traffic. So if you don't know what that is, uh, you just as if you're uh, uh, doing a search and you have the Google uh, uh, the, the actual search engine suggesting and showing the autofill and and related targets. Google Chrome very much does the exact same thing. Plugs into the same database. Now it's the fourth greatest source of referral traffic. A report from Chartbeat shows that Google's Chrome mobile article recommendations are now the fourth largest uh, driver of referral traffic behind Twitter, Facebook, and Google search itself. 
The mobile article recommends recommendations show when a user opens a new tab in the Chrome app. Uh, these also are shown as articles for you, Chrome content suggestions, and Chrome suggestions. Tom, you've, you've certainly used this tool, right? Well, actually, um, yeah, it's when you open up a new tab on your Chrome extension on yep. your phone, typically. Now, the great thing is, or the negative thing is, you can get sucked down that pipeline of reading over and over and over. Um, but they do know your search history and things you've looked at in the past. Right. So they're going to be giving you relevant content that you want to read. So, for instance, this morning, you know, when I was on my phone and reading an article, the next time I opened up that browser, I saw that one of the teachers in my kid's school district mm -hmm. did something that was a little inappropriate and got busted for it. So, you know, they are showing relevant content that I want to know about, yep. both local and national. So it does not surprise me that, that the, they are really highly rated as far as content deliverability. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like the 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 concierge uh, yeah. concept that uh, that voice search is getting into. It's this personalized recommendation. So in, in, instead of just a a set of uh, history tabs, it's really looking out for what you're interested in. The AI right. is getting better and better. Yep, it's like Amazon. You yep. know, they show me the shoes that I want to buy or the books that I want to read, and that's why I'm broke all the time. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Any thoughts there, Tom? No, no. I was just, I was going to emphasize what Sherry said. It's uh, it appears when you um, when you pull up your your Google Chrome when you open up a new tab. Uh, so I had no idea. I, I never I've never looked at that. Mm -hmm. I always look at Google Now, which I'm surprised yeah. those articles aren't the same. I checked to see if I opened up a new tab in Chrome on my phone. If I go into the Google Now section to see if it was the same and they're different. Oh wow! Uh, so. That was interesting to me. So still a tribute. I mean, you, you're still uh, you've got m different uh, platforms with the same ID and they're giving you different content based sure. on where uh, attributing yeah. it to uh, your desktop version, huh? I mean, on the phone. So oh. if I open up a new tab oh, on my gotcha, phone, gotcha, I'm gotcha. using Google Chrome, and then I use uh, the Google Now, and so it's just like the home feed has got your weather and and your you. flights or anything. Um, not that I I travel often, but um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So it's the Two different things, and I thought they'd kind of be the same articles, but they're not. Cool. Yeah, and it does it does again show you know just like Facebook how much information all these companies have about us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You better believe it. And the only way to get value or represent value is to be able to be smarter for you and benefit you. So um, again, that's the society's acceptance of personalization of data. Why in the world is there such an explosion now? regarding that personalization of data and how it's been used to market your content to you that you want. Sorry, get on my soapbox there, but <laughs> it is what it is. Hey, you know what is also very useful? It's our Edge of the Web newsletter that you can sign up for on a regular basis, and, and it, it dials into everybody that we're talking to, the last guest that we had, as well as the news stories such as this that we were talking about, even who we're going to be talking to, and even throwing in a, a nugget or two of, of uh, pro tools uh, and pro tips that uh, you can take advantage of. So why not sign up today? You can easily go over to edgeofthewebradio.com, and right there at the header, you can sign up 
drop your email in there. We won't use it for anything except sending over some nuggets of gold. You can also, right there on the screen there, you can uh, text to the number 22828, not when you're driving, with the word Edge Talk, and you can sign up right there. And, you know, you know part of it is also let us know what kind of content you want to see, not only on the newsletter, but also on the show on a regular basis. So... Thanks for the uh, the 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 uh, the the, uh, the uh, plug there for uh, our own newsletter, Sherry. But uh, you know we can see all the feature trends over at edgeofthewebradio.com. But uh, first, let's 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 put that aside and let's do some deep diving with today's featured guest. Now it's time for Edge of the Web featured interview with Sherry Bonelli. And Sherry, you got the deep voice guy there. Awesome! I love the deep voice. I love the spinning thing. All great. All good. Oh, very good. Well, let's let's tell our audience about Sherry. Sherry's the founder and CEO of Early Bird Digital Marketing. She spends a lot of time guest blogging for Moz and Search Engine Land, SEM Rush, cool, and much more. She's also a recognized speech speaker at national and local industry events, webinars, and podcasts. Well, that's. That's a snippet of Sherry. Sherry, we're going to ask you to kind of give your history. And uh, what, how did you first come to jump into the SEO? Yeah, it was really kind of a fluke, actually. I got started in 1998, which seems like a long, long time ago. And that's because it was a long time <laughs> ago. Right? I could commiserate um, with that, yeah. Yep, exactly. So I actually invented a baby product that really didn't do very well, but it got me started. I set up an e-commerce site back when I had my first baby and we realized that we couldn't just sell one product, we had to sell multiple products. And so we kind of got the bug that way. Well, our first sale was actually a check we received in the mail. So that's how leery people were about adding credit cards online back then. Mm -hmm. um, and so I taught myself what I needed to do in order to rank high in the search engines. Now, back then Google was in, very early beta stage. It was a baby unto itself. It was, it was. So it was Alta Vista and pay-per-clicks. I remember my husband and I were arguing about, should we bet, bid a penny or two cents for this keyword? You know, it was crazy. But the thing that I learned is that, you know, SEO is kind of a game. You know, it's very challenging to see, can I make this keyword rank? Right. What can I do? So I basically am self-taught and I've loved it ever since. So it's really one of those areas that I find very challenging, that I find very exciting, and I love to see results and I love to, you know, give my clients results. And I love it when they can show their management or the people they report to that they're seeing movement and getting more sales calls and all that kind of stuff. It's very you gratifying, know, isn't it? It is. It's so it really is. You know, when you get emails back from your customers and they say, love it. We love what you're doing. You're making an impact that just, you know, it really makes it all work worthwhile. It really does. That is great. That is great. Well, um, that's, that's a longer, longer history than a lot of people uh, inside of SEO. And I, I kind of uh, resemble that remark as well. We've been doing it for a very long time and so yeah. much has changed, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was actually teaching a workshop. I'm a mentor for SCORE. And we offer free advice to small businesses. Oh, cool. And they, one person in the audience the other night mentioned, well, I heard this technique where you can put like white text on a white background. And like, oh, God. Yeah. That worked in 1998. You don't want to do that now. So it's just really funny how those types of things are still floating around. Yeah. And 
and how there's still a, a lot of those strategies and tactics that worked 20 years ago still are mm -hmm. being pushed and mm -hmm. people are, are incorrectly being told that they should still do those things. Absolutely. Well, oh, that's terrible. I thought that was dead. I mean, at least uh, that one. I thought that one <laughs> went the way of the no, dodo. Oh, no, my gosh. I actually, I actually heard that a year ago, too, from an audiologist who was, get, who was trying that as well. <laughs> Ah! No, it's still around. I know. I cringe. And it's almost, you know, almost as you as you inherit clients, you know, as you get new prospects coming in, when you see that on their website, it's almost a red flag of, wow, okay, um, if bad they're advice. bad advice and they're sticking with it, uh, you almost want to uh, just kind of push away from the table a little bit. Uh, well, uh, Sherry, uh, before we get into our, our interview, uh, if you wouldn't mind, I need to do a bit of a gratuitous plug uh, for our title sponsor. Absolutely. Excellent. All right. Well, Site Strategics is proud to be the title sponsor of Edge of the Web Radio and wanted to share with us listeners a, a, a really cool offer. Uh, you know, we provide digital marketing strategies to our clients regularly, and it goes without saying uh, that we are constantly asked the question about return on investment. I mean, that's, that's truly what you should be focused on with any marketing firm, right? Well, would you like to discover your marketing ROI? Why not have a second opinion to check out how your investment and and how and how it's actually working to to the bottom line. So we're offering a thirty percent off of our digital marketing ROI report. You can learn learn your digital strengths, weaknesses, and threats. Uh, the report delivers a comprehensive image of the existing performance in areas of SEO, content, social media, SEM, while allowing uh, the site strategic production team full insight into areas for opportunities and growth. So you get an SEO audit, social media review, paid review, uh, conversion analysis competitor analysis, even gap analysis. And uh, all this you can actually get right over at edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash ROI. Uh, so, so just jump onto our website, edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash ROI, and you can then uh, dis discover your ROI right there. Jump in, give us some information, and start the conversation with us. And we'd certainly like to, to be able to show you what's benefiting you, and on top of that, where your competitors are as well. So jump on onto that, and uh, hey, let's get the party started. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about this party here, uh, podcast and SEO. So Sherry and I, we've had a little bit of online back and forth, and uh, Sherry, <laughs> <laughs> we we we've been touching base regarding an article that you wrote on Search Engine Land, which is a huge a huge community, and and the the author there are are all fantastic. Tell us about the inspiration about the article that you uh, lit out there, and why you tied why you tied us to it. Well, actually, it was kind of interesting because um, I know Phil Singleton. And he actually is um, kind of the inspiration behind it. So Phil and I were having a conversation and we were talking about, you know, podcasting. And I told him that I was interested in getting into it. And he asked me to be a guest on his podcast. And so we talked about the benefits of being a guest. Mm -hmm. And so he had said, well, why don't, why don't we talk about this a little bit? And the more we talked about the benefits of being a guest on the podcast, it made me realize that, you know, there's a lot of people that are talking about the importance of being a podcaster, mm -hmm. but nobody's really talking about the importance uh, and the benefits you can get from being a guest on a podcast, the SEO benefits, the, the reputation benefits, the authority benefits mm -hmm. that you can get from that. 
And so, you know, Phil Schold showed me the collateral that he's created, um, which I think you were impressed by as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you've had him on as a guest. And so um, since I write for Search Engine Land, I, you know, decided to write the, an article, which was supposed to be one article, but, um, you know, I typically write too many words. <laughs> and so they've since broken it into three articles. So two out of the three articles are now live on Search mm -hmm. Engine Land. And the third one should be coming out later this month. That's excellent. And and wh where he went with some of his structure, right, is obviously he has his own book. And part of what was really impressive is that his, his podcast and what he was developing, um, all the different channels and all the different pieces of, of digital content that were, were, were coming from those interviews, there was a, such a wake of value that was being provided. And it, it comes naturally as you start looking at the podcast as something more than the siloed um, user experience is yeah. that so much comes out of it. Just this year, fact that you can run a transcript uh, from the audio, right? Is, is imperative. Then you can take that and be able to put it into blog content, be able to reuse it into social. In fact, right now, we're doing social media uh, uh, activation off of this live cast. And that's a whole another set of, of, of right. deliveries. But, but just the podcast itself, there's so much black gold from an SEO standpoint, to use the old oil references, right. that come from the content that comes from a podcast was, has never been seen before in the face of the planet. The way, exactly. the way that content naturally flows out of the exchange. So with that and what Phil was doing, there's, there's, there's more awareness of what you can really get out of a, of a single session of, of natural communication than anything before from a, from a production standpoint, right? Exactly. And the authority that you get from it. So, you know, if you look at Edge of the Web Radio and the authority that your site has, when you put my profile and link to my site, I'm assuming you're going to have a do follow link, mm -hmm. which is going to help my early bird digital marketing.com website. So, and you're going to link to my social media profiles, which is going to help them. You had mentioned that a lot of web or a lot of podcasting sites do not transcribe. For instance, I did a MozPod, um, Google My Business podcast. I was a guest on that. They don't transcribe. So today I'm going to be posting the transcription mm -hmm. of the podcast that I did. I'm editing it right now. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have a large, really long form um, blog post article that they in turn are going to re-promote. So it's going to be like relaunching that podcast all over again. That's right. They're going to do a social media post on it, social media push for it. So I'm getting all that additional exposure and it's keyword rich. It has a ton of keywords about optimizing yep. Google My Business. So but, and guess what? And guess what? It also has natural density yes. as opposed to fictionalized or manufactured density. So Which is perfect for voice search. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, so let's back up here for a second and and kind of kind of break this down. So, why do you need to build your reputation and authority in any particular industry? Well, you need to do that first of all because, especially if you want to be on a podcast, is you have to be a uh, guest worthy first of all, and you know no one's going to want to interview you if you've never been heard of. And so, what you need to do is start 
you know, getting yourself out there. And for me, the thing that I did to get myself started was, you know, I reached out. I think the first guest post I ever wrote was for Bright Local in the UK, and they have an amazing tool that a lot of SEOs use. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to them and said, can I guest blog, you know, write a post for you? Never wrote a post before, but they accepted me because I had, you know, years and years of experience. And that got me started. And I volunteered for SCORE, which is a nonprofit organization. So I was able to give workshops. Mm -hmm. So that got me out, you know, you know, talking in front of other people. And then I could then tell, you know, other larger groups that, hey, I give workshops. So it allowed me to, you know, get myself out there. And then, you know, once I started doing that, I could build upon that the point where you know once i was writing for search engine land and laws and all those other places the doors were wide open to the point where when i applied to speak at traffic and conversion summit you know i had already built up my resume mm -hmm. you know basically yep 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 so uh, there's there's the authority need and in the inbound links and the in the, the, the that those factors that that help open doors for you, right? Yep. So so can you share some of the SEO benefits, the true SEO benefits of being a podcast guest and how people could use podcast guesting uh, to actually optimize for search? And it's a little bit of preparation before the show, right? Yep, exactly. So the first thing you want to do is you want to find podcasts that are going to be right for you. Mm -hmm. Now, um, you want to do some keyword research. So the thing that I think a lot of people, you know, do wrong is they're only thinking about their industry. So let's say you're in digital marketing, which a lot of your viewers and listeners are, but they're in digital marketing. Don't just think about digital marketing. Think outside the box a little bit. So for instance, if you um, look in maybe a restaurant, for instance, and there are restaurant podcasts mm -hmm. or HVAC podcasts, You'd be the perfect guest because you could show and do a podcast guesting on how those HVACs companies could claim their Google My Business listing mm -hmm. or what they can be do better on social media. So, you know, as a digital marketer, almost any podcast can be, uh, you know, a little gold mine for you that's untapped. Mm -hmm. So don't just think in your industry, think outside the box. So I think that's one of the things that people kind of miss is mm. they're only looking in their industry. They're not thinking in ways that they can use their knowledge and expertise to help other business owners, you know, that aren't yeah. directly in their industry. Because if you come again, you don't want to be agenda laden, but yeah. at the same time, if you come in with a preset of examples, right. And you have post show uh, the digital wake of potential videos, audio transcripts, social media, You'll, you'll be able to set those in in the digital space and those examples, those those concepts are you're playing billiards with an, a, a potential lead right there. Right? right. Exactly. And not only that, but it can eventually lead to other things. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it can eventually lead to other not only guest blogging or guest podcasting opportunities, but speaking engagements, right. guest blogging and that type of stuff, which will also only help you with SEO as well and your reputation and your authority within, you know, the industry. So it all builds upon itself. Right. And that's, you know, guest being a guest on a podcast, a great thing. Um, I, 
So being prepared of what to talk about. And again, you know, sometimes you have a good deal more structured uh, situation. Sometimes the podcasts are a good deal loose. You kind of find find your way and the guest kind of or the, the, the host kind of uh, lets you just go free into fall. your <laughs> free fall. <laughs> your, yeah, so you, you need to have your own structure if, they, if the structure is not provided, right? Um, but at the same time, um, being prepared is not the only uh, exercise that you need to do. How you, you need to plan your attack, so to speak. But yeah. what kind of equipment should uh, getting into the, the, the delivery of, of being a podcast guest and doing it all on a regular basis, not just having it um, uh, 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 as, as an ancillary thought, but if it's part of your regular marketing tactics, what should you, what should you invest in from, uh, from an equipment standpoint? Yeah, from an equipment standpoint, you definitely need to have a good microphone. You need to have a good webcam. You need to have, you know, earphones so that you can, you know, hear what the podcast host is asking you. Mm -hmm. um, so those are the technical things that you need to have. Good lighting is also, a, you know, a, a must-have in my opinion. You need to have good lighting. But with regard to other things that you need to have mm -hmm. is... You need to have, for instance, a professionally designed one-sheeter. Yep. Um, and that basically is something that you can email to the podcast host so that they're prepared. Absolutely. Um, and that's something that, you know, Phil Singleton does really, really well. That one-sheeter is something that the host can use to read off of as far as the bio, mm -hmm. um, can show your photo, can show samples of questions that they can ask. Um, you know, it has links to their social media platforms and all that kind of stuff. So it's sort of like a resume, right? Only a podcast, yeah. But and it's and it's easy for, if you, if you think about what the podcast uh, group is doing and the organization that you're podcasting with, the host, um, you're making it real easy for them to to fully understand and also be able to uh, distribute content in their in their marketing channels. And uh, I mean, I can't, I, I, Tom, I I, I can't. I, I, I do remember whenever we were doing it a long time ago, um, prior to our, our own uh, pre-show questionnaire, sure. uh, just researching everybody's social media tags, right? Yeah. What a pain in the, yeah. in, the, <laughs> in the rear it was because, I mean, you'd think that that would be offered up as, hey, you're about to be on the show here. But we had to do so much uh, sure. just uh, of image uh, 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 processing and be able to find everything so we could actually put that stuff out, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's what most of my job still is, <laughs> just trying to get people to fill out the questionnaire. But, I mean, headshots, you need to have a good headshot, uh, especially if we're going to do any promotion like what we do. We need to have a high-quality headshot. Yep. And a lot of times I get sent a 150 by 150 image, uh, and I, you know, uh, we're, we're doing a show on 1920 by 1080. That's going to be all pixelated. So I need to have a good high-quality high headshot. Sometimes I ask for a logo. We used to ask for a logo. Um, we don't incorporate the logos so much anymore during <laughs> the show like we used to. Right. Um, but good logo, good headshot, good mic. Um Yep. And if you have video-based like this one, Sherry's got great lighting, or Shelly's got great lighting. Lighting there, right. and uh, uh, yeah, I mean those those are some of the key things you need to have. That yeah, is. And I think, oh, go ahead. No, go right ahead. Say, the other thing is the background. I mean, you need to either have a backdrop or a background. Um, I was watching a podcast um, or a webinar the other day, and the background was just really distracting. Um, I think he had like a, a mounted elk or something on the <laughs> back wall. <laughs> 
was sitting, it looked like the horns were coming out. Oh, you're talking about Dan Golden. Um, no, I don't even think it was your show. Oh, no, really? No, it was somebody else. <laughs> but it looked like he was a devil. You know? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, just those types of things. So, you know, set up your, 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 your stage beforehand and see, do I want that fuzzy plant? Right. Or is it look like, you know, the hair is coming out of my head? Yeah, 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 you know, absolutely. Things out first. Uh, I tell you, who had a great background? That was Jeremiah Smith. He, the he, orange one. Yeah. Oh my God, that, that was awesome. Yep, yep. But here, here okay. So let, let's pause here for a moment because <laughs> we're not in the realm of podcasting anymore. Podcast, the audio product, is a part of the digital broadcast. Okay, so. For Edge of the Web, we're we're omni-channel inside of live live stream. Obviously, uh, we're inside of audio uh, build for that audio consumer. You're in the live stream for the live consumer. You're in the video product for the video consumer. And it's not only the long form video, but it's also short form videos and segment videos that we distribute. Then you've got blog content. Then you've got transcriptions, then we also have social media that's activating pre, during, and post, right? You're we're, killing it. Ah, we're trying to do it all because yeah, it's absolutely. where those consumers are in their own preferred method of consumption, right? Yep. So and that's one of the benefits of, of being on a podcast or having a podcast is you are where those customers want to be wherever they are, whether they're driving in their cars, mm -hmm. going to work, or going to the gym or, you know, at their kids' dance lessons while they're dancing and you're sitting in the lobby waiting for them. You can be wherever they are when they want to listen. And you also have, yeah, absolutely, and, and it's about making it convenient for them. Yep. Because if you have any digital, uh, any new media audience jumping through hoops just to find you, you've lost them. Right. So you got to meet them where they are. And even to the degree of, uh, I mean, one of our watchers on the live stream, Carl Bush, Bush, uh, Bush, I mean, he's been with us uh, on our live stream because that's his preferred uh, method of consumption. And he's, he's jumping in there, making comments. We have a, a good deal of comments in the, in that, in that live section. And that for, for anybody's podcast is that brand loyalist, that connection. So I told you we were inside this, we're going past the fourth wall here of, of inception because we want to give a shout out to Carl right there because he's constantly in that space, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. And then you also want to give a shout out to all the people that are going to be watching the replay of this too. Absolutely. And yep. yeah, it's, it's, it's about bringing all the resources together and be able to plan ahead and know that you're going to distribute all this into the different channels for your user. Right. And, and that all plays into the search engine optimization of it. So when you write the description, uh, you know, about this on your social media channels mm -hmm. or on your YouTube channels, that is all going to be optimized. And so you have an increased likelihood of being found and the guests being found. So, mm -hmm. You know, you are hitting it from all different directions, and that's the best way to go. Okay, so I got a question for you. As as I mean, there's not many podcasts that do kind of what we do regularly. What you what should you be looking for out of a podcast? What kind of litmus should you be paying attention to before you go on the show? You mean as far as when you're About, trying to decide uh, well, what what they're doing. 
So, for example, you're preparing your structure, your content about what you're going to talk about, right? And you also have a checklist of the things that you're going to do after the show. What should what should you be paying attention to whenever you're looking at the show, whether you know not whether it's worth it or not, but right. uh, what they're doing and and kind of getting a, a snapshot that you can be mindful of, but also and maybe uh, understanding whether or not participating. Can you give a run through of things that they should be they should be doing? Yeah, I think one thing you need to consider is that, you know, if you think you're going to get on Tony Robbins right away, you're not. I think a lot of people have high expectations of being like on the best show right out the gate. You're not going to. You know what? They're, they're booked way in advance. You know, the chance of getting on, you know, John Lee Dumas's, you know, um, Entrepreneur on Fire. Probably not. Maybe if I mention his name enough and we get it in the transcript. <laughs> Maybe he'll call me, but, um, you know, it, it, it probably won't happen right away next year. Maybe. So you want to look at, you know, how the, you know, domain authority, um, is something that you can use as some, a guidepost mm -hmm. as far as, you know, are they a credible, you know, website? Do they have a credible website presence? Mm -hmm. Look at their reviews on, you know, iTunes on Stitcher. Do they have a lot of people saying that they are good? you know, podcast. There you go. Yeah. Have engagement? You know, do they have people following them and asking them questions, those types of things? Mm -hmm. Do they have quality? You know, it, it, is their podcast high quality as far as the audio? And if they're doing what you're doing, the video, you know, and then how long have they been doing it? Is mm -hmm. it something that they just started mm -hmm. or they've been doing it for for you know, four years, if they've been doing it for a number of years, then chances are they're going to be around. Right. Chances are they've worked out all the kinks already. So those are just a few things that I would recommend, you know, looking at. So, and that's a good laundry list. And I guess my question is uh, beyond that is as you evaluate whether or not, um, well, I guess that's the factor is deciding whether or not uh, you would be on a, on a, any particular podcast. Um, should that guest have that level of discerning review, right? Uh, or or should, should you just be mindful of who you're getting uh, uh, about to go on the show with? Um, I, I guess my question is, should we as, as guests... Um, hold our, you know, hold back a, a, a bit if, if it doesn't, if, if they, if they don't pass that test, you know what I'm saying? If they don't pass the smell test. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> you know, I think that's up to each individual person. Mm -hmm. So if you're just starting out and you are just looking to get, start getting that exposure that we talked about earlier, trying right. to start building your brand, then I think you can be a little bit more forgiving and you know just to build your credibility up but just know that you do want to you do want to pay attention because that's your brand that you're putting out there. exactly and so you don't want to go on any show just for the sake of it you do do really want to pay attention because if it's a crappy show and your face or your name or your voice is associated with it right it's digital and it's going to be out there yeah so you do want to pay <laughs> Perfect, perfect example. If I if I could dive into a recent experience, um, I, I received a call from an individual that uh, I was in the in the space where I, I I talk a lot every once in a while, <laughs> and uh, I, I I was interviewed by it felt like an interview, and it was a call to our shop, and the guy was in, interested in what we do and why we do what we do, 
And I thought it was possibly a business opportunity and, and uh, kind of got into a lot of the nuances of, of what we're talking about here as well. And, uh, you know, come 30 minutes, it's like, all right. And then he started to wrap up a conversation. It's like, wait a minute, what, what's going on here, right? And uh, he, was, uh, he was ultimately recording the entire thing. Oh, wow. Without my knowledge. And I oh, was no. a bit stunned by the, the experience. And uh, it's like, all right, well, uh, let me know how I can help you. And I was just a little bit, not rattled, but it's like, that was really odd, right? How did you find out he was recording you? Well, be, well, at the right at the end, he says, well, I certainly hope you can use this recording for yourself. I'm going, ho, 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 well, you probably need to tell somebody yeah. <laughs> that they're recording. Uh, and guess what? The very next day, a trimmed down interview of me was posted online. I'm sorry. For you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and unfortunately, the individual I reached out to him did not realize what he was doing and why, right. why it was wrong. I asked him to take it down, which he did. And, and, and that was, you know, kudos to the guy. But it was just, he didn't understand. He thought it was, it was, it was a good space in which to record and create his own show. And it's like, no, 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 <laughs> no, no, hold on there. <laughs> yeah. So part of part of podcasting is ethics, right? And uh, I mean, from a from a relationship, and and you know, as as a host. Uh, you're trying to make sure that the guest is comfortable and, 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 and you can give some structure, but also allow them to uh, allow the guests to be able to go into their spaces where their passion is. Um, so that's part of kind of the litmus test as right. as more and more shows come online. And this is the era of podcasting is that you got to see how that guest is treated after the show as well. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it's not only the guest, but also the host as well. So, you know, right after you're done doing the guesting part, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to probably send you a nice thank you email and your staff will probably get a nice thank you email as well, mm -hmm. because that's just common courtesy. Right. The other thing you want to do if, you know, when you are a guest on a podcast is to kindly ask for a, you know, a review, you know, you don't have to ask for a five-star review unless you think I deserve it, which hope <laughs> will, but, you know, ask for a review on how I did, you know, was, did I provide the content that you think your mm -hmm. listeners appreciated and found value in? And likewise, you know, if you would like for me to write a review for you, tell me where I can do so. Would yep. you like me to do it on iTunes or wherever? So again, you know, since Google takes reviews and uh, into consideration with regard to ranking factors, all that stuff matters. Oh, it absolutely so, does. And it, it helps with relationships, but also with SEO. And uh, that was what Phil Singleton uh, really did well, is that right thereafter, he, uh, he tossed over a, a nice note and a nice review functionality right there. And Phil, I'm sorry, I still haven't reviewed you. I'm going to do that as soon as I get off the show. <laughs> Um, but I mean, that, that gets us into the kind of the last section here. Uh, what should you do after the podcast show? Right. So it's been recorded. You certainly need to know when it's going to be uh, broadcast or pub uh, posted, but you just covered a thank you note. I mean, I think, that, I mean, ethically and, and, and etiquette is, is very uh, important in, in future relationships and in, in introductions. What else should you be doing as a guest? As a guest, you should also ask whether or not they're going to be transcribing the podcast because a lot of um, podcasters do not transcribe. You know, I'm shocked by the number of, of podcasters that don't. 
So if they are not transcribing, um, I think it's called Rev.com. Oh, yeah. They will do it, and it's so cheap and yep. so worth it. Like I said, I'm working on one right now for MozPod. And so go ahead, pay the 40 or $50, and you will have a nice blog post with organic, mm-hmm. semantic words that you can use. And and, and throw in the extra dollars, uh, extra exactly. buck and a half for the time stamping as well, because that's very, that's very, yeah. Exactly. It makes a difference. And so, you know, I reached out to my contact at Moz. She's going to promote it as well. So like I said, it's like we're re-promoting that, you know, podcast all over again. Mm -hmm. And so that's good for them. It's good for me. It's good for everybody. The other thing you want to do is when you find out what date it's going to go live is promote it on your social media, promote it on your website. You know, do all those things that you would do to promote any event that you are going to have for your business. Mm -hmm. And so make sure that you let, you know, when you're putting out a newsletter or you are emailing your distribution list, let them know. If you are using any type of, um, you know, automated pop-up, you know, that says you want to get news from us, you know, that's the time to push out those push notifications from push crew yep. and say, you know, that we're, you know, we were featured as a guest on edge of the web, you know, you know, go listen to us, click here. So all those types of promotional things that you would normally do, do them. And then what you can also do is write your own blog post about the topic. And then, hmm. you know, even if you're not able to transcribe it, you can still link to that podcast on your website. So even if you don't have the right or the permission or they're already transcribing it, you can still write a long blog post about it and what you talked about and add different information and other, you know, backing up facts and, you know, articles and graphs or whatever, and then link back to that podcast as a reinforcement that also shows your credibility in the industry as well. Well, yeah. well, that's what, that's what I was going to bring up. I can probably count on my hand how many times have people have, have linked back to us from, from yes. doing the show. And it not that it frustrates me, but it's like, I mean, we're, we're helping you out. We, we appreciate the social promotion, but we're doing it for our own SEO too. And right. we, right. they're, they're in the game. They understand it, but uh, the, I don't know. It's just that reciprocal, not, it's not a reciprocal link, no. you know, but it's, it's like we had you on our show, you know, we're doing it for SEO too. We're providing content, right? you know, why do you, it, it, why only, do you think, it only strokes up their their uh, show, mentions of the show or the right. lessons of the show. It only helps them out too. Why do you think? Right. Why do you think that is, Tom? Why do you think that's just because uh, it's an etiquette play? It really is. Is that I mean, you put a lot of effort into putting on uh, a, a broadcast or putting on a, a show in whatever manner you're delivering it. Um, why do you think that? Guess I'm um, maybe very. <laughs> sure. I mean, some of them it's busy. I mean, I'm sure, a, a lot of the. A lot of the Big name people. I mean, they're busy. They're sure. they're trying to start. They're running companies, three or four companies, and so I mean, they they appreciate the exposure. It's easy for them to sit down for an hour to do right. it and treat it out a couple times, and they think they've done their part. Yeah. Um, no, no. But, I, I mean, I, I, I get it. But I mean, I'm not expecting 100 percent of our guests to write a blog post and give us a backlink. Um, but not, not know, unless we write it for them. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> you talked about it in the past. I have. <laughs> Hey, we'll, we'll, take, no, we'll make it easy for you. But, we'll I mean, write the blog we, we tried anything. Uh, I remember even creating a, a, a unique image for them, so all they had to do was copy and paste it and put it in their widget, and I think we got one mm-hmm. out the of badge the we, try, we tried it for like 30, 40 shows, and it's like, 
<laughs> yeah. I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, some of the things just don't fly. Um, yeah. But I mean, there is a, a is a responsibility for the guest to be able to, to to help promote the show that they were on, right? Right. Well, I mean, a lot of a lot of people will say, well, you know, it's up to the the, and I even say in my article, you know, the the host will do ninety percent of the promotion, but there's still you still as the guest should be promoting it as well, you know, and as you, you mentioned early on, you and I started kind of going back and forth because I, I mentioned you and I reached out to you. And so I think that that is very important that you also show reciprocal, you know, links or some sort of relationship back and forth showing that, you know what, I really appreciate you inviting me to be here. And I truly genuinely do. I'm not just saying that I really do, you know, it's, it's very important to me and, and you just made my day seriously. <laughs> so um, I, I really think that it's important for guests to be appreciative that they had the opportunity that they did to be on a podcast. Amen. Amen. I mean, you could almost, almost put a sub, uh, a sub uh, topic here of the etiquette of, right of uh, being a podcast guest. And, and we certainly appreciate your, your, your unpacking that for us, uh, Sherry. So um, to kind of sum up, sum up the, 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 the concept of the SEO benefits to podcasting, give us a couple key points of just guidance for the new podcast guest pursuit. Because, you know, um, some of those those podcast guests that are out there in, in the woodwork regularly, maybe they're not going to be uh, uh, quite receptive to uh, some of the things that they should be doing. But for that new guest to, to really stay, stay in the lane, not stay in the lane, but, but make sure that they're doing the best things, give us a, a quick summation of what they should be doing. Yeah, what they should start with doing is, you know, like I said, finding those shows that are going to be the right ones for them. That's going to involve some keyword research, just like you would do on any SEO project. You know, you're going to start with keywords and figure out what those are. Um, The other thing is you're going to want to write those keywords and have them handy with you when you're going through the podcast. Because as we mentioned several times, most of the time podcasts are transcribed. Mm -hmm. So be sure and use those keywords so that people can see the benefits that podcasting will give you. So make sure you, you know, have a cheat sheet that you can like look at, you know, I have a few notes taped above me, which you can't see. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. So, you know, have those handy. Um, Make sure that you listen to the podcast that the um, host has done before, you know, so I knew about the guy with the orange background, Mm -hmm. you know, because I've listened to several of your podcasts. And so get familiar with your host, get familiar with their website um, and do that outreach. I think that's really, really important. And then also make sure that, you know, you know what the procedures are. So I knew that this was going to be on a Zoom webinar. I knew that it was going to be live via, you know, webinar and with the live camera and it was going to be recorded. So know the technical specs up on and early as well. I could not say enough about that because yeah. we've had so many guests in the past that had no idea that this was going to be video. Yeah. 
and I, I don't know how they missed it. <laughs> and they probably were having a really bad hair day. Exactly. It's like, okay, well, um, this is a Zoom, and we're going to use a camera, and and don't don't bobble it on your knees. Uh, you know, put it on a stationary platform. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, get to know what you're getting into, right? right. And know what they're doing because um, that that is an endearing thing for for guests to to know the the the, the brand and the host and what have you. So, no, that's yeah. very cool. Any 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 uh, last bits uh, of recommendation there? No, I mean, I think you know, I think the main thing is you know treat this as a business you know a business transaction and a relationship. I mean, my hope is that you will find that I'm, you know, have a wealth of knowledge that I can share with your guests and listeners and that you will invite me back again, hopefully to talk about, you know, either this topic or one of the other topics that I can speak about and that hopefully you will find um, another slot to squeeze me in sometime and always keep in mind that, you know, anything you do in the business world is all about relationships and networking. And with regard to podcasts, you know, everybody's talking about how you need to start a podcast, but sometimes I think before you start one, maybe you should be a guest on a few of them first. Hmm. And then, then you can kind of see what the, you know, they're about. And then I think you can start one. So, you know, I'm planning on starting one this year. That's on my bucket list of things to do, but I am sure enjoying being a guest on them because I'm learning from you. So look at it that way as well. Very cool. Well, that's, that's, that's well, well stated. Um, you know, Sherry, it's been very enjoyable uh, kind Thank of you. going through this, this inception area <laughs> of, of what to do with a show like <laughs> this or others that are focused on a particular topic, but they're, they're broadcasting different spaces. Um, I do want to swing back around as, as a couple of final questions as for you as a digital marketer. Um, can you tell us what really bugs you in the industry right now? Yeah. Um, remember how we were talking about the white text on the white background thing? (laughs) Yep. Um, there are, I am still just amazed at the number of people that are calling themselves digital marketers and they really don't know what they're doing. Um, I, I hear from businesses all the time and people that I'm trying to get as clients and they're, they're still getting these phone calls from people that say, you know, we can get you on page one of Google and we guarantee it. Or they've had horrible experiences with digital marketers. And the fact that anyone can literally call themselves a digital marketer just by putting that title behind them. You know what I mean? And then they outsource it to India or the Philippines. And, and that makes it really difficult for those of us that truly do know what we're doing. And I think that's one of the things that really, really does frustrate me the most about this industry is that there's really no measurement or standard of, you know, qualifications. And so it's, it's sometimes really tough for those of us that really do know what we're doing. No, no, you're absolutely correct. Um, But I think, I think the, uh, the worm is turning is that more and more of those people are getting marginalized uh, yeah. you can still yeah you, you're still seeing the bad tactics out out there but um you can't bs marketing anymore you got to do yes. the hard work um conversely hey what excites you about the industry i love that it's changing all the time i really really do i mean i love it um 
boy search is something that I'm really, really interested in. I mm -hmm. spoke about that at Traffic and Conversion Summit. I've actually got my developer working on, you know, working on how to create Amazon skills and flash briefings. I said, you know, that is where it's at. Gary uh, Vaynerchuk, Gary V yep. has about it. He has a voice com or voice con um, conference coming up. You know, there's so many new technologies that are going to be coming out. And we as SEOs or digital marketers are going to need to learn how to adapt yeah. to all the new changes. And, you know, it's like we were back in 1998 to today. There's just so much has changed. And that's what I love about this space. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of things happening and and the tools are so cool is that we can yeah. we can we can we can really see the effort, uh, the, the results of our effort very, very quickly now. Right. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Way better <laughs> than back then. <laughs> you were on the show, the Today Show with Katie Couric. I was. Yes. Yes, I was. But you got interrupted by what? We did. Oh, my gosh. It was so well, it wasn't embarrassing because we actually weren't living in Illinois. Uh, when we started our e-commerce site, we moved back to Illinois and we were selling a really unique baby product. And so we were on the Today Show. So we had the whole crew, you know, the lighting, the camera guys all in our home. And a few minutes before we were ready to go live, they told us, wait, wait, breaking news. You know, we, we have to wait. And it turned out the breaking news was um, Tom Cruise had just announced that he had was engaged to Katie Holmes in Paris. So we got a little bit of delay there, and <laughs> that was breaking news. We did end up going on with Katie Kirk, and it was a huge success. But, yeah, we were held up a little bit by that. That's not news. <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, I'm sorry to hear that, but at least you That's got your right. segment in, right? We did, absolutely. Hey, by the way, Geraldine Maloney says, hey, you had some great recommendations on the show oh, today. Tell her I love her. Yeah, you're telling <laughs> her right now. Very good. So is there anything that we can promote for you today? Well, yes, actually, I do. You know, while, why you got, while you guys have learned a lot of tips about reputation and SEO, I made a special offer on my website. If you go to early bird digital marketing mm -hmm. forward slash edge, you can get a huge deep discount on a reputation video and go ahead and go there. We have, we have a couple different pricing with, with voiceover and without, and it's more than a half off. And so we can do a reputation video for you um, since you are listeners to Edge of the Web. Cool, cool, cool. That's the way you do it, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Thank yeah, you yeah, so yeah. much. No, you're absolutely right. You bring it and you bring a unique URLs <laughs> right there on the screen, Edge. Uh, I'm sorry, earlybirddigitalmarketing.com forward slash edge. I just I was just so appreciative that they were throwing in our own brand name into their URL. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. And I really appreciate everybody's help there. Um, Aaron, you guys are, do great work. Thank you so much. So for all our audience, uh, uh, and in the audio side and the video side, you want to follow Sherry, uh, Sherry over at on Twitter at Sherry Bonnelly. That's two L's and an I. Uh, on Facebook at Early Bird Digital Marketing. On LinkedIn, I N Sherry Bonnelly, and uh, certainly go to EarlyBirdDigitalMarketing.com. Um, final last thoughts for uh, the the listeners and the watchers of Edge. 
No, I just say keep going. There's so many, so much opportunity out there. Keep plugging away, and I hope to be a guest again someday soon. Very good. Well, I think I think we can we can uh, do that for you, Sherry. Thanks so much for it. Was great to be able to have that online uh, connection, and we certainly wanted to bring you into our house and unpack a lot of what you talked about today. Fantastic. I appreciate it. And then look for that third and final um, podcast SEO and search engine land later this month. Very cool. Very cool. All right. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Edge of the Web Radio and watching. Hey, you know we got watchers and listeners and everything, and reading Edge of the Web there. All the consumers, right? Special guests to our colleagues at Site Strategics and our guest, Sherry Bonnelly. Be sure to jump into edgeofthewebradio.com forward slash ROI to be able to benefit from uh, Site Strategics, the title sponsors, special offer. Uh, see all the must-see videos and more of the insider information over at edgeofthewebradio.com. That's edgeofthewebradio.com. We'll talk to you next week. Tom, who are we going to be talking to actually this Thursday? Who are we coming? Who's coming in? Uh, we have Shane Snow. Uh, he co-authored a book called The Storytelling Edge that yeah. was released a couple weeks ago. So Shane Snow of content, uh, Contently. All right. Very good. So uh, stay tuned. Jump into our Thursday show. Boy, there's there's been a number of them this week. <laughs> so we're going to get some sleep and then come back on Thursday. Uh, for all of us at uh, Site Strategics and Edge of the Web, thanks so much for listening and watching. And do not be a piece of cyber driftwood. We'll talk to you next week. 